Now, it's time for Spotlight on Business, where every week we put the spotlight on a different local business so you can find out how they serve you and the community. Now, from Michiana's Morning News, it's Laura Smith. Welcome to Spotlight on Business. I'm Laura Smith, and Happy New Year. I can't believe it. 2023 is here, and I am very happy to have a a guest who, well, actually, he's more than a guest now. He does the show regularly with me, and he knows everything there is to know about real estate in Michiana. And, you know, uh, right now, with everything going on between inflation and the market fluctuations and it being a new year, you might be thinking of either buying or selling. So uh, Nick Wise is here from Remax Results, and he has really so much experience. He's also the president of the National Board of Realtors. or it, Not the no, national not, one. not the local. <laughs> the, the local. <laughs> hey, maybe that's next for you. Maybe oh, that's boy. in your future, and I'm just sort of prognosticating here. I'll take it. All right. Nick Wise, thank you so much for always coming here. I know you give such great advice to people. You have such incredible expertise, and I know that for a fact, Firsthand, personally, bought my house with you two and a half years ago. Great decision, and it was an incredible experience working with you. I felt so, um, I don't know, when you when you put your, your hands and, and your home buying into the hands of somebody who understands what's going on, you just feel safe, and you feel like you're doing all the right things, and that's exactly how I felt with you. I felt like I was in such good hands. So thank you for that then, and uh, Happy New Year to you. Well, Happy New Year to you as well, and thank you again for having me on. Um, yeah, first first show of the new year, so that's exciting, and it is going to be a new year in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of things in the in the past couple shows about uh, the market changing, and I think 2023 is going to look a lot different than 2022. Oh, do tell, do tell, and because it is the first of the new year, we're going to be talking about firsts for everything: first time buyers, first time sellers, um, and everything that goes into those two different aspects of real estate. Yeah, yeah, apps, and we talk a lot about first-time home buyers. You know, I, I think that's a, a term that gets used a lot, and it's and it's always an interesting dynamic. You know, after all, bringing in new buyers to the marketplace is really, really important. Uh, without the new buyers, we're going to have the exact opposite problem of what we've had: the the low inventory. We would essentially have a low inventory of buyers, where you have more homes available than buyers, and you could argue that that's actually probably a worse scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like we hardly ever talk about first-time home sellers. So, in other words, once somebody has entered into that world of home ownership, what should they expect when they're ready to make their first sale? So, I often say for for buyers when they're buying, it's an emotional decision. You know, they're fueled by emotion at that time. It's incredibly exciting. You're buying a home. You think of all the hopes and the dreams that are tied together with owning that home. And for some, that decision comes on the back of other huge life decisions. You know, you've found someone special, you're starting your life together in a home, you want to make it your own, or maybe you've got a newborn on the way and you need more room. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors that come into the home buying, and and they're almost all emotion-driven. It's kind of the other end of the spectrum when you're going to sell, and it turns into more of a business decision. You know, you're you're moving, you know, often vertically to either a bigger home or you're downsizing to a smaller home. But regardless, that decision comes with a certain amount of financial stewardship that can tend to be get glossed over in the rosy aftermath of when you're buying a home. So again, this time it's more like a business decision. I love that because it really is like that. And I remember on one of our programs, on one of the episodes, you talked about 
dating the home and marrying the or whatever it was. I can't remember that thing, but <laughs> just the opposite. Yeah, you yeah you marry the house, you date the rate. Oh, there you go. That's yep. what it was. But I love how you do. Um, you put these into practical terms so people can get an understanding of what you're talking about. But the fact that when it comes to selling, you you think of it more from a financial decision or a business decision and not just an emotional one. So what are the first things that people need to start thinking about? or And what kind of historically do people as a first-time seller, what do they focus on? Yeah. So I think the, the important thing that comes to mind right away when you talk about the first-time seller or just selling in general is the financial aspect of it. Um, you know, the value of your home. It's something you didn't have to worry about when you were buying, of course. You didn't have a home yet as a first-time home buyer, but now you do. And so, you've got basically a process of accumulation of equity that you've just incurred as you've owned your home. Most of that is, you know, coming through the value of the home increasing over time. And then, of course, as you're making your monthly payments, some of that goes to interest, especially a big chunk up front in those first years, but also a lot of it goes to the equity of the home. So when you're doing that purchase, you know, from, from the non-first-time standpoint, you're buying up often, you're moving to a bigger and likely more expensive home, well, then you're going to need to use that equity that you've created to finance that new purchase. So a lot of first-time home buyers, as we mentioned, they are using low down payment loans to purchase. And then with, with enough time, once they've got their home, they're going to have built that equity that's going to allow them, hopefully, to put at least 20% down on their new home. And we've talked about that 20% before, and why is that important? Well, when you've got 20% to put down, you're going to be able to eliminate costly PMI. That sounds very technical. It what does. Is, what is a PMI? <laughs> yeah, so I think everybody, uh, it's a term that we toss around again all the time, but if you're not doing this every day, it, exactly, what is PMI? So, PMI is private mortgage insurance. It's basically an instrument that is attached to mortgage loans, and it protects the mortgage provider, not the homeowner, in the event of a default. So, if someone stops paying, this mortgage insurance is there to kind of back up the bank, is a way to think about it. So, again, paid by the homeowner for the protection of the bank. I see. So it's more for the benefit of the bank, but it does it protect the homeowner from, uh, you know, going into foreclosure or anything like that, uh, or no? No, it really doesn't. So there's two different ways that PMI is collected. It's often paid up front, either six or twelve months, or paid right up front when you're buying your home, and then there's a monthly fee that's associated with that as well. And it depends what loan package you actually use to buy your home. Uh, for instance, FHA or government-backed loans. Now, they don't actually require PMI, but they do require an upfront mortgage insurance premium. So it's essentially the same thing, just a little bit different terminology. But depending on the terms and conditions of your loan, most FHA loans today will require that for at least a period of 11 years or often until the lifetime of the mortgage. And the only way to get it off if you've used an FHA mortgage is to refinance, which in and of itself can be expensive. Mm. Okay. And... Well, so where do we go from there? Because um, that sounds like it might not be as easy to sell. I think people think of when they sell their home, oh, they're going to get this huge, you know, uh, influx of cash and it's going to help them have everything they want. But it basically sounds to me like there's so many bases that need to be covered that you may not quite end up with what you think you are if you don't have any experience. And I just, I sold my home for the first time when I moved here. And I literally had no idea what to expect in terms of the costs of 
closing and how much I needed to ask for for my house. I was very inexperienced, and, and I think that a lot of people don't know this. So that's why going with a broker like yourself, a licensed broker, and then one who's extremely experienced is so important because you really do need to know all the implications of, of what you're doing. So, um, so how much do people have to consider um, that they will have to be armed with when they do go to sell their home? Is it, uh, uh, does it take a lot of money to sell your home? Well, yes and no. So the great thing is, like I said, while you're owning that home, while you're making your payments, you are building up that equity. So the the ideal situation and what you really want to be looking for, especially again as a first-time seller who's entering this, is have you accumulated enough value in your home to hit that 20% down marker? And again, because you want to avoid that PMI, not only is it going to make, make you know make your payments lower every month, but by doing so, it's also decreasing your debt to income ratios, allowing you allowing you to buy even more house. So look at it this way: you know, for first time, for I'm sorry, for non-first time buyers, they're going to use that equity of their current home to pay their down payment, and they're doing that more than fifty percent of the time. So it's not a situation anymore where you've got to borrow some money from from mom and dad or you know a relative. You've got that basically as a built-in savings account. It's kind of how I look at home buying. You know, you've built you bought that home and every month you're putting money into that savings account. So when you do go to sell, you've got that money there and it's going to be enough to cover your fees and hopefully to still provide that 20% down. Um, that's you know that's the happiest news to first-time home sellers when they do get to that point and and I, I do the analysis and I show them hey here's what you're gonna walk away with they see oh my goodness all we did was make our payments and here we are in a position that's so much better than we were when we first bought because mm-hmm. now we've got that money stashed away and it's kind of we, we've talked a little bit before about generational wealth and I think that that is when people start to realize how owning a home contributes to that generational wealth because when you get down to the end of the the road here and you're you're selling that last house before you start downsizing in whatever capacity that is that's your nest egg and that's why they call it that because you know you go to sell that home and now you have a hundred percent equity in it and a lot of times that's a huge portion of someone's portfolio their savings in their retirement account it's in the house so it acts that way as a stepping stone as you proceed through life and you're buying this home and a few years later you're moving to that one. What's well, allowing you to have that down payment kind of ready made. And then, of course, at the very end of the road, like I said, you've got a retirement account built into your home. And other considerations when selling your home that are coming to mind is that we have to take into consideration. And I would love your your wisdom on this. You know, how much how do you know how much money that you should be putting into your home to sell it to get the best price? Like, what's the best business decision? Should you go and do upgrades to the home before you put it on the market because you'll end up commanding more um, money from a buyer? Or is it more financially expedient to, to say buy the home as is and get what you can for it and and not lose a big chunk of your money putting in repairs right and you know that's the thing every single home is a little bit different scenario so i would say if you're if you're approaching that especially if you're a first-time seller that might be having some nerves the very best thing that you can do right off the bat call your realtor and i mean that i I don't want this to turn into a commercial you know and say realtors realtors but it's it's just the simple truth. Um, you know, you just bought your home however many years ago. My advice is call that same realtor. If you had a good experience and they did a good job for you, call them up and let them list your home. Now, if you didn't enjoy working with them, they probably didn't enjoy working with you either, and that's okay. In that case, you're going to want to call someone else. Uh, call two, maybe even three realtors, and uh, and a great method to to find out who you should be calling. 
a couple different things. For one, look at the yard signs, you know, when, when they're going up and when they're going down in your neighborhood. If they're going up and going down pretty quick, that's probably a pretty good agent. Mm-hmm. If they're sitting up uh, so much that they think they, you know, they need their own real estate, the sign does, then, then maybe you want to call somebody else. And the other way, and, and probably the best way, is to talk to your family and friends. See who they've used, what experiences they had in the past. Because really, there's no better there's no better sign for a real estate agent that they did a good job is when they get that referral and somebody calls and says, "Hey, we called you because you worked with mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and they were so impressed with you that we wanted to work with you too." So that's kind of how our you know our calling card. We know we've done a good job when we get those referrals in, and I think it's a great way for for a, a home seller to also understand you know who should I be using. Well, they did a great job for mom and dad. They did a great job for your friends. They're probably going to do a great job for you, too. Well, I can tell you that it's absolutely the truth. Had dinner with some friends last night who said that they received some kind of a mailing from you oh over the last couple of weeks. And they said, but we already know Nick and we saw what he did with you and we would most likely use him if indeed when we decide to sell, because we've just heard nothing but great things about him. So, yeah, a good reputation goes a very long way in the real estate business. And also, it is just so important to get a real estate broker who knows exactly what's going on, all these financial implications and everything. It's so much more than, like you said, just an emotional thing. Got to get rid of our house. You know, who's somebody that can do it? You really need somebody who knows everything about the transaction. Nick Wise was that for me. He can be that for you as well. And what's your best website where people can find you, Nick? You can go to www.nickwise.com. And that's N-I-C-W-Y-S-E.com. We'll be right back. It's Spotlight on Business on New Year's Day. Don't go away.